are listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice, episode number 18. Health Interventions has been created by Marsha Kessner, MP, to help other nurse practitioners and medical providers grow their clinical practice and optimize patient care. Whether you are brand new, building your skills and confidence, or a seasoned provider looking to stay sharp in an ever-changing patient population, you will find real-world information to use in everyday practice. Health Interventions for Your Practice focuses on a solid evaluation, lifestyle management, and patient involvement. Well, hello again. I am Marsha Kessner. Welcome to Health Interventions for Your Practice, if you have not listened to us before. My goal with this podcast is to support other nurse practitioners and medical providers with knowledge and skill development in a way that is applicable and ready to implement into clinical practice. I will be focusing on lifestyle management and patient involvement with every opportunity that I get. And today we are going to talk about fatty liver. You might wonder why I have chosen to speak specifically about fatty liver. Oftentimes, fatty liver disease is not something that you're typically looking for or even thinking of, but it's an incidental finding. This incidental finding is usually on an ultrasound or CT scan ordered when you're evaluating for gallbladder dysfunction or possibly because of a workup for an elevated liver enzyme. And although you may not be looking for fatty liver specifically, you're usually not surprised when you find it either. And you definitely know that you should not ignore it. Fatty liver is associated with and can be correlated to obesity and hyperlipidemia. Uh, The ultrasound report sometimes will say steatosis, which means an abnormal buildup of lipids inside the hepatic cells. This can be a mild finding, which is sometimes said to be streaks of steatosis, or it could be referred to as severe fatty liver. A mild case can be very motivating and useful to encourage a significant lifestyle change in your patient. Uh, The most important factor, though, is how you present that to your patient. And I'm not saying you should try to put the fear into them, but I think that if you give them the big picture of what is happening by the time you find fatty liver on a diagnostic study and what that means for their overall health, they're going to listen just a little bit closer to what you have to say. If left untreated, fatty liver can actually progress to fibrosis, cirrhosis, and even cancer. It's an inflammatory disorder within the liver. Like the inflammatory processes that we see in other areas, just like, say, you know, the heart um, preceding a um, MI. The inflammatory response is what ruptures the plaques that causes the MI. So this is an inflammatory disorder within the liver that is causing a whole lot of problems and a whole lot of drama that if you don't take care of it, it's going to shut some, some action down. So let's do a little refresher on fatty liver just in case maybe it's not something that you've, you know, had to deal with much or, or, and, and actually you, you may not have seen it depending on if you're new to what you're doing or um, if you've just recently transitioned into, you know, a primary care instead of, you know, being in an acute care setting, whatever it is, you know, or, you know, maybe you just got out of school and you thought, dear Lord, there's nothing else I can put in my head. And fatty liver wasn't um, really elaborated on as much as what I am going to elaborate on that right now. Whatever the reason, let's refresh. So fatty liver disease is almost always associated with obesity, 
elevated triglycerides, and of course, good old insulin resistance. Sadly, the incidence of fatty liver is very quickly rising, and not just among the adult population, but it's in our children as well. And if you remember way back in the beginning of this podcasting adventure, I told you that a major reason I am doing this is because of my fear of what is happening to the next generation. We are supposed to protect our children. And you also know, if you've been listening from the beginning, that I have a grandson who is just under two years old. And the thought of losing that baby at a young age from something that I could have prevented, that would be the end of me. If I thought for one second that I didn't do something or try in some way to give some education to him or his parents or, you know, treat him like let him learn to eat vegetables and do healthy stuff and that something bad happened to him because I had the knowledge and didn't share it, I personally couldn't live with myself. And now that's a little bit of a personal, you know, inside into why I do what I do. But I think that it's important for you to know where I'm coming from. And maybe that also will help you to know just how genuine that I am about this and just how passionate I am about bringing all of this to you guys. And, you know, just making sure that all of us as practitioners know how to, you know, help our patients or at least give them the knowledge. Once you give them the knowledge, you know, what they do, you know, it is out of our hands, but let's give them the knowledge. And I beg you, honestly, I beg you to take a special interest in this move towards health, wellness, and weight management with me, because we can prevent or reverse disease processes in the current population, and we can protect our next generation. Our society in general is actually ignorant to the fact of what is happening. I mean, and I mean ignorance in the very true sense of the word, oblivious. They have no clue. Many people, unfortunately, only see the exterior view of obesity. So when they come to you for weight management or when you start talking about weight, they might only be thinking about, honestly, what they see in the mirror. That's They're they're not putting that big picture all together of the internal happenings that are associated with obesity. Obesity and hyperlipidemia, they're happening younger and younger. And this means we've got to have a wake-up call. It's time for us to sit up and pay attention And it's our job to put that out there. Because in case you haven't noticed, nurse practitioners and our profession in general, we are the up and coming. Okay, we are the future of healthcare because we know how to educate. We know how to speak to our patients. We know how to bring it down to a level that they can understand. We know how to put it into English and real life. Okay, that that's what we do. We bring it down. We use analogies. We do whatever we've got to do to make sure they understand and that we work with them to help them make changes. So as I do this review of impaired hepatic function, I want you to not only think about what is doing to your adult patients, but think about the impact that it's going to have when it starts in adolescence. Just think about how long it's going to take to impact the body's metabolic processes when it starts in this adolescent population. It's not going to take long at all, which means we're going to start seeing poor outcomes in those who are in their 20s, maybe late 20s, early 30s. But type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and sadly heart disease, they're all ramping up very quickly at a younger and younger age. And I'm guessing that you're understanding a little bit more my passion for this lifestyle and obesity management crusade a little bit better. 
So about 100 million people are thought to currently have fatty liver disease, since you know that's what we're talking about today. I got to get off my soapbox. The prevalence of fatty liver disease has more than doubled in the last 20 years. And guess what else has more than doubled in the last 20 years? You get where I'm going with this? Yep, it's obesity. There are no symptoms of fatty liver until it progresses towards cirrhosis. Then the usual fatigue, abdominal discomfort, bloating, jaundice, fluid retention, ascites, all of that are present. Just as if you were speaking of cirrhosis that you would see in alcoholism. Cirrhosis is cirrhosis. You know, the liver is a pretty important organ, as I'm sure you know. And the liver is involved in making proteins, cholesterol synthesis, glucose regulation, energy, clotting factors, immune regulation, digestion, filtration, detoxification, and many other regulatory processes in metabolism. And one of the most significant contributing factors to fatty liver is insulin resistance. With insulin resistance, there is an increase in gluconeogenesis because insulin suppressing effects are being impaired. This increase in glucose production by the liver increases overall glucose levels, which leads to type 2 diabetes, which leads to an increase in fatty acids produced by the liver, which leads to an increase in triglycerides accumulating in the liver. When the liver is all clogged up, the normal functions of the liver are impaired. Now the liver is getting swollen and inflamed. The inflammation starts to damage hepatic tissue, which then leads to fibrosis. So fibrosis in the liver is kind of like scar tissue. Scar tissue doesn't have any function, and scar tissue has lost the ability to contribute to the workload of the liver. As more scar tissue is formed, more damage is occurring in the liver, which leads to cirrhosis. And then cirrhosis, as you know, leads to liver failure and liver cancer. So with all the dark and dreary doom and gloom I'm sending out to you in this episode, there is a shining light. Fatty liver is treatable. Controlling the contributing factors such as obesity, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and diabetes, of course, can stop the damage. And the damage can be reversed. When steatosis is still in the inflammatory phase and has not progressed to fibrosis and cirrhosis, it can be reversed. Reversal relies on strict adherence to lifestyle modifications. It isn't really wise to start using a whole lot of pharmaceutical agents in someone with fatty liver because most of the enzymes that are involved in the metabolism of pharmaceutical agents require a functioning hepatic system. So, you know, guess what? If it doesn't function, things ain't getting broken down. So, the healthy lifestyle wins. Healthy lifestyle over medications any day. And when you've gotten to this progression of severe fatty liver, you best be teaching some lifestyle modifications. There are some medications that we do need to use. There are some newer ones that are available um, that are coming up and coming. But of course, none of them are approved by insurances yet. And but still, it doesn't matter. We don't want to just give them a medication. We don't want to just top it this symptom with that symptom with this to that. We want to treat from the core. We want to make a difference from the very part that everything is stemming from. So, you know, and isn't it crazy how things that we manage, 
how many things we can manage with lifestyle. I mean, you hear me say it every week, every week about lifestyle, about inflammation, about what's happening to us, what we can treat, what we can turn around. So, and it's all about getting involved with the patient. It's learning a little bit on your own, bringing it into the, the patient that you have in front of you, putting it in their language, putting it in front of them in the way they can understand it, and then helping them, being there for them, guide them through the process. So, in my... The other thing I want to know is, did you happen to mention how, or happen to realize how many times I mentioned the word inflammation in this episode? <laughs> you know, it was like a lot. Just so you remember, you know, those keywords to all of these health interventions for your practice are inflammation, obesity, diabetes, and lifestyle modifications. You are going to hear me say those over and over and over. You might get sick of it, but you know, it's kind of funny how I can put a new twist on it every single time. And how every single time I give you an episode, I can tell you something else that's coming from it. And I have a a whole course on trying to teach you how to take care of it. So, you know, I do that because it isn't something we're taught. And look at all this information. Like, is this something that has ever been put into real world language for us that we can take out there and we can run with it? Or were we taught, you know, you got to do this blood work. You've got to start this statin. You've got to start this ARB or, a, or ACE inhibitor. You've got to, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know what we learned. But this is the core. This is the bread and butter that's going to make it all happen. And when we talk about metabolic syndrome, you're really, really going to think, holy crap, she's bringing it home. I get it now. But, you know, let me not get ahead of myself. Anyway, so what is the take home about fatty liver? Um, if overweight, you want to consider fatty liver. If they're diabetic, you want to think fatty liver. If triglycerides are elevated, you're going to assume fatty liver. Summarize all of this to the patient and begin your efforts to control weight, glucose, and cholesterol. And here's my analogy for this that I'm, I like to give patients. And so I kind of feel like I should do little, little videos for you with my analogies because I'm sure you're going to get a kick out of them because yes, I'm from West Virginia and yes, I'm keeping it real, but this is what you've got to do. You've got to put it where they understand it. So here you go. My analogy, the fatty liver is like having a clogged oil filter in your car. If you don't change the oil in the filter regularly, you start to slow down because that oil gets all murky and blech, and like thick and it starts to clog the filter. And so then you start to sputter. And then guess what? Your engine blows up. You can laugh, but that is the best analogy I have came up with. And every time I say it, their eyes light up like, oh, I get it. They don't care about fatty liver. They don't care about triglycerides. They don't care about insulin resistance. Some of them don't even care about the weight on the scale. But when you tell them that their their engine is going to blow up because their liver's clogged up, they get it. And by the way, my dad's a mechanic, so I have a million of those car analogies. He does diagnostics and repairs on cars. I do diagnostics and repair on people. So I hope this was helpful to you in your practice. And until next time. I would like to say again, thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. If you're loving it, give me an iTunes review, even if it's the analogy you liked. 
um, that will keep others that will help others to find this podcast and to help them with their practice too. So you can also find me and what I'm up to on healthinterventions.net, our Facebook page, our Instagram page. I have one for patients, one for providers. Show notes for this episode in particular can be found at nphealthinterventions.com forward slash 18. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter, sign up for one of the freebies, whatever it is you see on the, that you like, go ahead and sign up for it. And once I've got your email, then I'll send you out stuff so you don't miss it. If that's okay with you, you're always welcome to opt out or to, you know, not even sign up for it. But I just want to let you know that there's stuff out there. So you have a great week. May it be filled with many, many health interventions and have a great day, whatever it is you're getting into. Thank you for listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice. If you like this podcast, please take the time to rate, review, and share. If you'd like more health interventions for your practice, you can visit mphealthinterventionsforproviders.com and sign up for the Health Interventions newsletter.